Guys, we've got some exciting news here today, hot off the press from our friends at IoT Creators. Firstly, if you're not sure who IoT Creators are, well, let me tell you, they're an extremely talented international team brought together by Deutsche Telekom IoT, who are on a mission to make mobile IoT deployment accessible for all. They're exhibiting today at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, where they've announced they'll be giving away over 1,000 dev kits. This is big news and a real game changer for upskilling the next generation of tech talent to make IoT development more accessible for all. This is something I'm very keen on as an individual in bringing IoT to developers who may not have been in the industry or for young tech talent to understand and get involved in the industry. If you're a developer interested in delving deeper into the world of connected devices, or maybe you've got no experience and you're keen to learn, whatever the reason is, Head over to iotcreators.com today to secure your dev kit. Thank you. Welcome back to the IoT Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom White. Today, we are joined by Matthew Newman, Director of Product Management, and Anil Barrett, Senior Director of Product Management at Technicolor. Technicolor is a worldwide creative technology leader in the media and entertainment sector at the forefront of digital innovation. With decades of experience in the connectivity space, Technicolor offers a complete IoT Edge solution that brings access to services in order to support complex IoT use cases in a cohesive manner. This allows a faster go market strategy and cost-effective solutions for their clients. Looking forward to this show today. Before we get into it, guys, please like, comment, and subscribe to this video. You'll get notified every time that there's a new episode. And as usual, I don't care how you're connected, just as long as you're connected. Welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. Matt, Anil, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Tom. Thank you. Yes, likewise. Uh, absolute pleasure and very excited to be here. Absolutely. Certainly from, from my side, excited to have Technicolor on and uh, you know, ready to get into it. Uh, just to, by means of kicking off then, could you uh, start by explaining your backgrounds, guys, and what, you know, what your background is in IoT and leading up to your positions at Technicolor? Uh, and also just a brief overview for those who don't know what Technicolor is. Uh, who'd like to start? Neil, you want to go first with an intro? Sure. Uh, so a little bit about myself. My name is Anil Barrett. Uh, I've been in the industry for over 20 plus years looking at broadband connectivity, uh, been in the wireless industry in various leadership roles and very excited to be a part of the Technicolor team and leading the IoT initiative um, and happy to be here this morning. Great. And uh, Tom, I'm Matt Newman uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've also been in the industry for roughly 20 years or so, uh, came to Technicolor through their acquisition of the uh, Cisco Connected Devices Business Unit, been with Technicolor for about six years since then. And uh, you, know, you asked, what does Technicolor do? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, when most people hear the word Technicolor, they think of the motion picture industry. Uh, we're a 100 plus year old company uh, headquartered in Paris, France, and we are absolutely still involved in uh, working with studios and whatnot, but actually the, the part of the business Anil and I are in is actually roughly half the company in terms of revenues. And that is the, the design, manufacture, and sale of video and broadband hardware and software platforms. And so um, specifically, Anil and I are focused on taking uh, our wide uh, variety of broadband products and uh, adding IoT capabilities so that they're both uh, act as uh, Wi-Fi uh, routers and access points, but also know how to talk to various IoT devices in, in the ecosystem. And so we really feel like we've got a 
robust, secure, highly interoperable uh, platform to address uh, a variety of IoT vertical markets and use cases. Excellent. Guys, thank you so much for the intro. I, I always remember Technicolor from the old James Bond films, right? Used to watch the credits. <laughs> yeah. Used to watch the credits until the end and Technicolor used to, to scroll up. And, you know, as a kid, I was always inquisitive and I'd be like, what is this Technicolor, right? Right. So, uh, you know, fond, fond, fondly remember the business since before I was even in the industry. Yes. Um, and for our, for our listeners and viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, so our sister podcast, the RDK podcast, actually spoke with... Um, uh, I think it was uh, Ashwani, Matt, wasn't it? We were talking offline. Yes. Um, and that's on the video side. Today, we're going to be talking more around IoT, the gateways, the routers, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. so we're interested to hear that perspective of the business, because I think for those that know Technicolor, know it as, you know, as you said, being in the motion picture industry, et cetera, and, and you know, that, that sort of proud heritage, right, as a business. Um, so... First and foremost, there's many verticals in IoT, right? I mean, it's almost limitless in a way, uh, you know, connected living, autonomous driving, you know, potentially flying cars as well, as we were saying <laughs> offline. Um, asset tracking, vertical farming, uh, agritech. Um, what verticals and priorities are Technicolor focused on and why are you focused on those areas? So, so, Tom, you know, there's definitely a tremendous amount of uh, excitement, optimism at Technicolor. Uh, we've done some phenomenal things across the entire company. Um, you know, it always starts with uh, leadership and the ability to execute and deliver world-class products. And we've been able to do that, and we've had a great pedigree of delivering world-class, high-quality products in the consumer space. And what we've done over the last, I would say, 12 to 18 months We've actually looked at the industry and identified really eight different verticals, eight to, ele eight to 11 different verticals. And that covers uh, smart spaces, cold storage, multi-dwelling units, campus warehouses, uh, so quick serve restaurants. So, you know, we've done a lot of work to understand the market and understand how our products and our services and our solutions can fit into that. And really what we're looking to do is play into our strengths. And our strengths is really about connectivity. Um, you know, we can provide connectivity in the home, connectivity to our consumers. It's really leveraging that platform, leveraging that solution out into the, I would say, light uh, industrial enterprise space with really key technology that we have to offer along with products that are uh, going to be able to hit the sweet spot. Uh, we've got a few things called Wi-Fi mesh, BLE mesh, and we're able to connect large areas in a very cost-efficient manner, but also consistent manner by providing value to the end user. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's a great that's a great answer. And so you mentioned eleven particular areas that you've sort of sought out um, in terms of growth. Um, what I mean, what is the Technicolor's solution. Can you describe a little bit of around that and how does this solution address, you know, some of the relevant use cases and verticals that you're targeting? I don't know who wants to answer that, but, you know, you guys, you guys go for it. So I think the, the solution comprises of, you know, we've done very well with regards to what I call the gateway, uh, the gate, the, being able to offer gateway, Wi-Fi mesh extenders, IoT controllers, um, we've really understand wireless, our, our pedigree and our, our real heritage comes from understanding wireless, understanding hardware, software, but whether it be BLE, 
Zigbee, Z-Wave, LoRa, LTE, we provide a lot of connectivity options as we bundle gateways and devices as they come together. Uh, and we partner with cloud providers, uh, world-class cloud providers, and provide an application suite to provide a complete end-to-end -end solution. So if you think about it, start at the edge, work from you know gate, uh, uh, gateways, uh, sensors, gateways, uh, and all the way up to the cloud and being able to provide applications, but also be able to put the whole solution together to provide an end-to-end -end solution. Yeah, Tom, I would just add, I think, you know, Neil's touched on the whole partnering uh, paradigm that we're following. And I think that's important to understand from technical or strategy is that, uh, you know, we, we feel that we, again, we've got uh, the edge solution uh, problem solved, um, but, uh, you know, we can't do it all, right? So that's where our cloud partners, IoT device manufacturers and application development partners come into play to get that whole end-to-end -end solution. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know a lot of people are talking about that edge, uh, and we've had a we've had a few people come on talking about that edgex and uh, other businesses uh, here, here in Europe. Um, certainly, certainly interesting, and um, and I think as you mentioned, tech colors background in wi wireless, different communication protocols serves very nicely to the markets that you want to be covering and that you want to be exploring in greater depth, right? Um, Something I'm curious about is is the types of trends that you can see emerging. So when you ask this question to ten different people, you get ten different answers uh, usually. Yes. Uh, but it's interesting to know it from from Technicolor's point of view. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll take that uh, first, and then Anil can add on. But um, I think one of the big trends that we're seeing is, and it's important for the entire IoT industry, is is greater acceptance and a recognition of value. So uh, in in the case of businesses, I think. Uh, more and more businesses are seeing the return on investment uh, that they get from uh, addressing various use cases via IoT solutions. And then on the consumer side, I think, you know, even uh, consumers are recognizing the value add that IoT solutions can bring into their lives um, in a variety of ways. So, and I think as that acceptance uh, grows, uh, it results in greater innovation. So you, you'll, you're seeing a lot more uh, solutions that are um, you know, very innovative, addressing uh, problems that are were not being addressed before in the market marketplace, and uh, through innovation, you see additional. Uh, I think companies coming into the space to provide those solutions, and and I think that's why Technicolor decided to get into this is because IoT is a very exciting, rapidly growing, uh, uh, you know, part of the uh, the ecosystem that I think we can we can address with our products and services. So. Um, and I would say as far as some specific examples, you know, it, it all comes around to, um, uh, you know, in the business side, real-time decision-making, digitalization, uh, you know, really taking analog, antiquated processes, applying technology, uh, especially around IoT, in order to get, uh, you know, again, faster decision-making, better decision-making. Uh, and that ultimately results in cost savings and, uh, and increased revenues. So I think, I think, again, that all gets back to that return on investment. Yeah. So just to add a few things, uh, truly two things to add what Matt said, I think there's, uh, you know, really a, a trend in the marketplace in the industry. If we look at today around energy co consumption, conservation and being green. And I think there's always that cost benefit trade-off, being able to make smart, educated, informed decisions on a real-time basis. 
And I think it's just the whole world is going down there, whether it be smart lighting, the smart manufacturing, um, to you know, water usage, energy consumption, and IoT will really help propel that to a whole new level. Uh, when you look at the dynamics in the industry and where we're at, I think we've done a great job as an industry in terms of energy conservation, but uh, IoT will help enable that to a whole new level uh, into the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, guys. I think it, it, it's almost easy to forget just how many use cases there are um, that that you know IoT can benefit from, and 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 really wholesome ones as well, right? Sustainability wise, we had a we had a company on here, uh, Dryad, that creates uh, German IoT business that creates sensors for early wildfire detection, right? Uh, in places like Australia and uh, you know other areas where where you know countries are plagued by this, uh, you know, water, air quality monitoring, ever ever since the pandemic. Uh, people have started to look at this more and more and more. And I think it's really, really important and, and great as a business uh, that you're going into those areas. Um, and, and, and one would say be inspired by some of the good work that uh, is possible from IoT. Um, coming back to the energy as well. So energy harvesting is a big, big concept. Uh, very interesting. We've had um, Simon from Noe on the business, uh, on the show, sorry, uh, um, Dutch-based business that uh, you know was born out of the university to talk around um, the you know the, um, energy harvesting in in consumer devices as well, right? So I think you guys obviously know and, and probably quite privy to this, given Technicolor's background. You know, in a year or two's time, a remote control for your set-top box or whatever isn't going to have a replaceable battery on it, right? Um, and that's and that's great, and I think that opens up a whole new catalog, doesn't it, of sensors that you can place that you don't need to replace a battery every two, five years or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, I'm talking a little bit about the future here. I mean, do you share that vision in terms of where we can go with this? Is it, does energy harvesting play a big part in the future of IoT and what could be possible? Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I think that uh, you know, many of the companies we've been talking to are really focused on that. Um, there's, there's a variety of, uh, use cases, everything from, uh, you know, managing, uh, lighting in a commercial setting, energy consumption, um, uh, you know, heating and cooling HVAC, um, proactive maintenance is another way, you know, a a device that's not operating at full efficiency is a device that's wasting energy essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can proactively, uh, anticipate failures, and know when a piece of equipment isn't operating at its optimal uh, levels, then and, and take that step, you know, to uh, you know fix whatever's wrong uh, before it becomes a catastrophic failure. These are all use cases, and, and there's many more where uh, I think businesses can again get a return on their investment in IoT because again, if you're saving energy, not only are you helping the planet, uh, and as Anil said, there are a lot of green initiatives out there, but also let's face it, it's the bottom line as well. It's and it's saving a lot of uh, 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 cost across the across the, you know the business as a whole. So, I, I would kind of just uh, reiterate what Matt said. It was you know I think over the twelve to eighteen months with the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of um, self uh, introspection, kind of looking at where how we're spending our days, how we're spending our time, where we're we using our energy, and I think a lot of companies have come to the conclusion that you know can we do things differently? Why can't we do things a little differently? Or is there a different way to do a cost-benefit trade-off. Um, and I think that real-time decision-making 
Uh, just take a look at locks, smart locks. Uh, being able to open up your, your, your front door or, or to a lock right when you enter into the driveway. Take that to a whole new level when it comes to smart uh, spaces. When you look at uh, industrial, light industrial type applications, there's just a vast amount of opportunities that you can reduce uh, cost, you can improve cycle time, but also the bigger piece that I think we're on the cusp of is what we call human resources, being able to have the right people do the right job in the right location and being able to offer this technology to make their lives much easier. Yeah. 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 I, th I, I think, I think it's, in, you know, entirely true and it's, and it's an exciting time, um, you know, somewhat daunting as well. Right. I think, you know, there's, there's aspects of it. You think, you know, it's crazy the speed of this um, and certainly initiatives along industry 4.0 uh, and this leads on quite nicely to my next question, web free and the metaverse and everything that's happening there. Um, you know, I mean the metaverse, it just seems to have like smacked us in the face, right. Over the last sort of 18 months, you know, Facebook changing the name and, yeah. you know, uh, the kids on Roblox constantly. And, you know, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And, and, and I think that's where the, the for me, like, the daunting aspect comes from. Um, what, is, what is your view on this? How would a metaverse shape IoT and, and what's Technicolor's involvement going to be in this? So, Tom, you know, the way we kind of look at this is IoT is about providing connectivity and it's connectivity to the internet. And metaverse is something that's been kind of sprung up. We here at Technicolor have been working with the internet for years. And we've been able to provide broadband connections uh, to millions of customers via thousands, hundreds and thousands of gateways uh, that we manufacture and implement into the marketplace on a daily basis. But it's really taking that data and engaging it with engaging with it in a very seamless fashion and being it being able to coordinate that through various AI platforms. Uh, machine learning platforms, and then making smart, intelligent decisions from that. So I think if you look at it kind of like a wedding cake, you know, uh, Technicolor is very well positioned from a connectivity and coverage perspective. And we've got that, you know, rock solid. We understand how to do that. That's part of our DNA. But as we go up the stack and we go up the wedding cake, it's taking that data and making decisions off of that as we seamlessly coordinate information that's coming along different pipes, uh, different sensors, different gateways, and really being able to, to take advantage of that data and then having the end user take action on that data on a real-time basis. So it's just really a, an extension of what we're doing today, but actually more coordinated and really captured in a a concise manner. Yeah, yeah, fan fantastic answer, Neil. Um, interesting as well, because obviously, you know, just to summarize on that then, so, you know, primarily IoT and sensors around capturing the use to manipulation and understanding of data, and effectively you're doing that, but in this virtual world, right? It's an extension of kind of what's already happening. Um, do you foresee I mean, obviously, Technicon is really well placed, but you, do you foresee a much larger involvement then in the metaverse as a business? Do you, do you believe this is going to 
play part of one of the 11 verticals that you mentioned earlier? Do you think this is going to take market share from some of those 11 verticals? So, you know, we're, it's a dynamic and a very competitive world out there. And, you know, Technicolor is a, a very dynamic and, you know, competitive company. And we've been able to offer solutions through various products and various innovative ways. Uh, we feel that we're going to be in a very, very competitive position to serve our customers and serve future customers in a very cost-effective manner. Uh, there's always going to be competition. Uh, there's different ways to look at things and package things. Uh, but I think that the competition, uh, there is going to be new competitors uh, coming into the marketplace, but we're, you know, very prepared and enabled to, you know, be strategically positioned to be, you know, one step ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tom, I would just add, it's interesting. The, the metaverse might be one of the areas that kind of bleeds across the multiple businesses that technical is really in, which typically... There's not a lot of overlap, but getting back to, you know, we talked about how we started out in the motion picture industry. We're also into gaming. We have we have a part of the company focused on gaming, which, again, is big when it comes to the metaverse. And, and of course, we have the technology side of the house that Anil and I are on. So if you think about motion pictures, gaming, IoT, the metaverse, I think, will kind of bleed over across all of those different parts of our business. And uh, I think it's exciting because it might be one of those rare cases where we can leverage different core competencies across these different business units yeah, and bring it to bear to the market in a variety of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, knowing what Technicolor does, um, and, and as I said to you offline, I have, you know, quite a good understanding of the various business units within the organization. Mm -hmm. um, I, I 100% agree, right? There's loads of different factors uh, involved that, you know, uh, that bleed across, right, as you said, and, and and very interesting as well, you know, you've only got to look at some of the recent acquisitions, haven't you, Microsoft and Ubisoft, um, the unit, everything that's going on with Unity technologies right now, and I think the graphics and gaming as such in the metaverse is going to take a, a massive part, so it'll be interesting to to know what's going to happen in the future, but but the one the one thing from a personal point of view, I just, I just hope that... Uh, you know, as an industry collectively together, we we don't forget human humankind within the technology race. You know, yes. In, in the sense of, we, are we doing the right thing by each other with this, and are we thinking about the the adverse effects of some of this? But hey, you know, that's a, a fairly philosophical question. Yeah, exactly. You know, with COVID and everything, the last few years, many of us have spent two years virtually, or actually physically, in our homes. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Uh, there's a risk there, right, uh, that you end up with a, a world where everybody's kind of isolated from one another and, and in this sort yeah. of virtual existence. And I think as yeah. people, we need, yeah. uh, you know, actual contact and, and interaction with one another. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I think I think the I think balance is the right word to, to describe it. This is a train that isn't stopping, and it's exciting and done in the right way. It's going to be phenomenal and great for people. And certainly, you know, you made a really good point there. You know, uh, people have been stuck inside lockdowns, um, but there's certain people who perhaps can't go outside for disability reasons or what have you. So the metaverse for them would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but let's make sure we're not in this ready player one kind of world uh, where it's all kind of make-believe and we're just kind of sat at home, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But I'm, 
But, but I'm sure we can put some ratchets in place to ensure that people do that. Yeah, um, yeah. great movie, but uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not sure I'd want to live in the running pole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs- <laughs> absolutely, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so moving forward then, uh, what can we expect to see from Technicolor, certainly for the rest of this year, and a three-year strategy as such? Anil, maybe you can uh, kick off and answer that. So you know we've we've got and we've got tremendous amount of uh, products in the pipeline and you know we've got uh, great things that are on the horizon and one of the things I want to just go back time uh, to a prior question is you know we've done a lot of work in the security um, looking at our products that are highly secure products because we we work with video content and as Matt mentioned you know we've done Android TV we've done gaming. So we understand the security element and that security layer that has to be wrapped around our complete solution. So when we work with our future products and rolling that out, rolling that out, what we're looking to to do is really leverage on the experiences, the knowledge, the expertise that we've built across the company, not only in the broadband side but across the entire company, and going after you know verticals, going after uh, specific use cases that can add value. Uh, you know, as our management has kind of mentioned to us on several occasions, think out of the box, be innovative, um, challenge the status quo. And that's one of the things that, you know, builds so much excitement for especially me. And I know I'm working with Matt and the rest of the team. There's a lot of, you know, real dynamic energy. Uh, we see it every day. There's never a dull day. We're, you know, chasing and moving and, you know, we're, it's a very collaborative environment. So in this environment, I always come back to, you know, anything is possible uh, if you can think out of the box, ask the right questions, and have a can-do attitude. And as we look into the future and we kind of see what's coming up, you know, we see a lot of support for new, new technologies, whether it be uh, 5G, uh, 6G, look at uh, Cat1M and different, you know, broadband accesses, but actually leveraging that and taking that into um, uh, different paradigms and different applications. And we're, we're a firm believer that technology is about making life easy and providing solutions that are very simple, easy to use, not complicated, but very consistent and provide performance and value. So that's really what we're trying to really drive in our product roadmaps, in our product strategy, and working with partners. I think Matt, you know, mentioned, you know, we we're working with an ecosystem of partners because uh, we know we can't do everything, but we have strategic partners, partnerships in place, and we're also building new partnerships every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, just before I come in on that, Matt, Matt, is there anything you want to add to that at all? Uh, I would just reemphasize what, as Anil mentioned, it's, it's really about, um, I think, in the short term, uh, you know, validating our strategy. We're doing a lot of proof of concepts uh, with a variety of partners and customers just to make sure that, you know, we're down, going down the right path as we roll out uh, solutions. And then in the longer term, it's growing that ecosystem of partnerships. Um, as Anil said, you know, we, we recognize we can't do it all. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, we feel like we have the edge solution problem solved. Um, but, mm. you know, again, we're, you know, cloud application uh, and, and specific IoT devices and actuators, uh, those, those are very much uh, coming from our partnerships. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an end-to-end solution uh, brought to market through a variety of uh, relationships. And, and I think that's the kind of synopsis for 
where we're going in terms of converging technologies anyway, right? It, it's never going to be done by one business. It's a partnership. Um, you know, when we're talking around a metaverse, decentralization, uh, blockchain, IoT, industry 4.0 in, in general, it's all, it, it, we're kind of all in a bit of a race, right? And I mean, I spend far too much time, you know, looking at charts and, you know, looking at OpenSea at NFTs and uh, I probably should be doing something better with my life. But um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm, you know, I'm a fan of all of this. Yeah. And, um, and it's interesting uh, to see Technicolor's view, but also really, if I'm being frank, you know, a, a showcase in, in diversification, right? I mean, let's not forget, as you started the podcast, you know, 100-year-old business headquartered in Paris, uh, synonymous with the movie industry and we're talking here about the metaverse yeah. right uh iot <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely a diversification play for us one, one of the things i uh, i'm sure neil agrees that you know one of the things is great about coming into work every day or or working from home in this case every day but being part of the technicolor team is that it is very uh exciting a lot of innovation mm-hmm. and a wide variety of things to work on because we do have a a, a very broad diversified business so it's exciting yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, look, thank, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. It's been really exciting to have you on and to learn more about the plans for Technicolor in the future. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see see where things are going. Um, at, at this point of the show, uh, we have a question for you, actually. So we filmed a podcast yesterday with uh, Mr. Stefan Schul. Stefan is the CEO of a company called Sensorberg uh, that works in digitization and a lot of work around um sensors for uh self-storage facilities so asset tracking etc um stefan knew that you guys are coming on uh, representing technicolor today and he asked this following question which uh, i'd love you to answer um stefan says and i'll read it verbatim from my little note here um i understand that technicolor offer a gateway capable to speak to different standards do you have a plan to extend this into BACnet, which is building automation uh, sector networks, um, to cover it, um, and including items like Modboss. And do you provide uh, transfer over MQTT currently? Who'd like to answer that? Man, you want to take that, then I can add on. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so Tom, yeah, a- absolutely. So these are all protocols we're very familiar with: um, BACnet, Modbus, and of course MQTT is is essential to um, you know communication. Uh, protocol across different protocols, actually, as I'm sure you well know. Mm. So um, it has come up, um, and it is definitely on our roadmap. As we've talked to various customers, um, some of them have you know requested that we have a backnet uh, a protocol or, or Modbus protocol support, for example. So um, absolutely, uh, it is again on our roadmap, and I think Anil can speak to that. But, um, you know, it's, I think those protocols get used in a, in a wide variety of settings. And, um, you know, we mentioned earlier, you can't do it all, right? So uh, we're trying to focus on the verticals that are most important to us. And right now, today, um, you know, those protocols have not risen to, you know, the top tier of what we need to do. But we actually recognize that we're going to have to have those in the, in the near future to address some of the customers that are coming our way. So, uh, so I guess to answer the question in short, absolutely. Uh, those are protocols that we plan to support. It'll be market driven and opportunity driven, I believe. 
so just to add to that, Matt, what Matt said, uh, Tom, you know, you know, looking at, you know, I've been in the industry for over 20 years, as I mentioned, and been with Technicolor coming up in, you know, for less than a year. But if you look at technology and our understanding of technology, whether it be BACnet, uh, MQTT, um, Technicolor's pedigree and DNA, if you look at the strength in engineering, uh, and engineering from not just the management all the way down to the actual engineer, whether it be hardware, software, firmware, uh, solution, uh, there's some of our solution architects, uh, a very dynamic set of individuals that often ask us about, hey, can we, what do you think about this interface? Can we integrate this? So it's not a question of can we, it's a question of when we will do it and at what time. So we've got things in motion. Uh, the folks have really looked at this, and it's a, a world-class engineering team. It's a phenomenal team with a lot of very dynamic set of players that, you know, at the pick of the, they, they're able to pick up the phone and within 24, 48 hours come up with some very unique solutions to meet our customers' demands and requirements. So with that said, you know, as, as Matt mentioned, we've got the technology understanding, we've got the capabilities to integrate and roll out. It just comes down to the question of, you know, customer and timing. Uh, at the, we, we want to be able to hit the sweet spot at the right time and be able to offer that in a very cost-effective manner because I always come back to cost because uh, you can build something, but if it's not cost-effective, you know, the marketplace won't adopt it. And if it's cost-effective and it's a, a simple, quick, easy solution that's reliable, consistent, performs well, there's phenomenal market ad adoption to that. Uh, and that's what we're striving for. Yeah, and and and, and you know, dare, dare I say it? You know, the, the the right way to do it. You know, um, customer driven, uh, market driven, cost driven, and and regu regulatory as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So, yep. yeah. So, so completely understand it. And I, and I, and I think we see a lot of this certainly with protocols, MQTT, lightweight machine to machine, for instance. You know, um, they become popular, and then the technology sometimes leapfrogs ahead of the demand. Um, and and that's, a, that's a great position to be in. But, you know, what is the benefit to the consumer, to the user of this? Will they pay extra for it? Probably not, right? So can we do it cheaply enough? So on and so forth. So, yeah, thank you, guys. And, and thank you for answering that question. Yeah, yeah Tom, I, I think you touched on an important point. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the end user doesn't care what protocol you're using, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what they care about is that their their problems being solved. Yeah, and, and Tom, one one thing to mention is that you know we've truly embarked on what we call a platforming strategy with, across the company. So we're able to reuse components, being able to build on the, the current platform, extend that across all of our customers and verticals. That really provides us the ability to scale. And when I say scale, rapidly scale to ship out, you know. Uh, you know, units in record time. So we're able to turn turn things around very quickly and kind of roll uh, with what the market needs. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, guys, um, I'm a big fan of the business. Um, it's been great to have your insights today. Matt Newman, Anil Barrett, thank you very much for joining us today on the IoT podcast. Thank you, Tom. Well, thank you very pleasure. much. Our pleasure. Yeah. And as usual, guys, to find out more about this podcast or other episodes, please go to theiotpodcast.com or on Twitter and LinkedIn under the handle The IoT Podcast. We'll be eager to know your thoughts, get involved in the conversation, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Cheers.